0: Amen. If you have a Bible, open to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It's been a joy to worship together and sing a new song and hear our Congolese brothers and sisters sing for us as well. So thank you for being here. My name is Jody Sledge. I'm one of the pastors here. and It's my joy to preach God's Word for us today. We've been studying 2 Corinthians in a series called uh, "Human Weak- or Gospel Power Through Human Weakness. And I'm excited for what God has for us today. So chapter 11, starting in verse 16. I encourage you, if you have a Bible, to open it and keep it open as we study God's Word together. This is the Word of God, and it says, I repeat, let no one think of me foolish. But even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What I am saying with this boastful confidence I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes, you, makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, and I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, With countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles. Danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? who is made to fall, and I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Artis was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Let's pray together. Father, you have spoken to us through your word from this letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And so, God, would you speak to us today? Would you fill us with your spirit that we might hear? Would you open our hearts and our minds to receive and to be shaped and to be changed to look more and more like Jesus? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do you like to boast about? The truth is we all like to boast in something, don't we? Now I know we don't all walk around bragging about ourselves all of the time, but there's something that you like to boast about. You like to brag how you played high school ball or how successful your business has become. I know you grandparents in here like to brag about your grandkids. Some of you new parents are bragging on those toddlers who are saying their first words and taking their first steps. You brag about your favorite sports team. You brag about those cute pair of shoes you got on sale. You brag about your college GPA. Hey, we can even brag about our church here. But I think there's one thing I guarantee that nobody in this room is bragging about. No one is boasting about their weakness. Nobody is going around bragging about how you almost got fired from work last week. Nobody's bragging about how the pressures of college life are crushing you. Nobody's bragging about how your ministry is... Struggling or your marriage is struggling or your money is struggling. Nobody's bragging about getting cancer or having diabetes. We like to boast, but not in our weakness. And this is why God's word is going to help us today. Paul is dealing with this conflict in the church and these false teachers are trying to lead the church astray. Paul calls them super apostles, and they are boasting in themselves, boasting in how great their ministry is, how gifted they are. But Paul doesn't want these wolves in sheep's clothing to harm the church. And worse than that, he doesn't want the church to miss Jesus. Because, you see, when we're strong and when we are successful, why do we even need Jesus? When we're on the top of our game, then Jesus gets pushed to the side. Paul wants this church to embrace his weakness and their weakness. Because when we are weak, Jesus is strong. And that's what God wants for us today, too. Today, God is calling us to boast in our weakness so that we might rest in Jesus, who is strong Kind. So let's look now to what God has to say through Paul. My message will be a little different today. I want just to work through what he's saying, and then I'll close with some thoughts about what that means for us. But look at verse 16. Paul spends verse 16 to 21 telling the church, listen, I'm about to boast in myself. These super apostles have been bragging about how great they are, And Paul says, okay, two can play at that game. Paul knows that Jesus would never talk like this, but he's going to join into their foolishness and boast in himself too. He says, you've put up with these other fools, so you can put up with me being a fool for a little bit. So Paul's being really sarcastic here to make his point. He's not trying to be rude or hateful to them. He wants them to see how ridiculous it is that he's let, they're letting these false teachers boast in themselves and how these false teachers are actually abusing the church. In verse 20, he says, they're making you, you're, you're, they're slaves. They're devouring you. They're taking advantage of you. They're putting on airs, which means they're just showing off. He says they're even abusing you. They strike you in the face. And you want to follow these people? Paul wants the Corinthian church to stop listening to these terrible people and he's going to do it by boasting in himself. He doesn't want to do it, but he's going to do it. Let's see what he says. Look at verse 22. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Paul has been criticized for a lot of things in this church. They have criticized him for being a boring teacher. They've called him two-faced. They've called him a coward. He's been accused of having selfish motives. And it looks like here they're criticizing him for being a bad Jew. But Paul says, hey, look, I'm as Jewish as it gets. But there's more to being a good Christian than just having a Jewish heritage. So Paul moves on, and look what he says. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one, with far greater labors. You see, Paul is, is not pulling punches here. He knows that he has served Jesus more fully and more faithfully than these super apostles put together. He has worked harder for the kingdom of Christ than all of them. But notice he can't even do it. He can't even brag in himself. He says, I'm talking like a madman. He can't even boast in himself and his accomplishments. He says, listen, I'm being a crazy person here, but you're making me do this. Paul would never boast in himself like this, but he's doing it to prove his point. But notice how his boasting takes a turn. He's he's being a little sneaky here. He starts by boasting in his heritage, but then he starts to boast in his hardships, he starts by boasting in his success, but then he turns to boast in his suffering. And Paul is about to list about 20 hardships that he has experienced for the sake of Christ. This is the third time in this letter he's like had this long list of all of his suffering for the sake of Jesus. Listen, it's almost like Paul really wants us to believe that God can work through our weakness. Follow along with me as I read this long list of what Paul says about his sufferings for Christ. He says, I've experienced far more imprisonments with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I was adrift at sea. Listen, I can't think of anything more scary than just floating out in the middle of the ocean for a whole 24-hour period, but there he is. Verse 26, "...on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, that's people who aren't Jews, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardships." Through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. And Paul's admitting his weakness. Who is weak and, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? You see, Paul here is not ashamed of all of these weaknesses in his life. He is boasting in his suffering, boasting in his hardships. And if that wasn't enough, Paul gives us one last really embarrassing story at the end of our passage. Look at verse 32. At Damascus, the governor under King Artus was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hand. Isn't Paul supposed to be this mighty apostle, this bold preacher of the gospel. But here he is stuffed in a basket, hiding from the king. So you might be thinking, okay, what's Paul's point? So you went through a lot of bad stuff, Paul. What does it matter? Well, here's the point of this whole passage. Look at verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my Weakness. If the church is going to drive Paul to boast about something, he's not going to boast in his strengths, not going to boast in his success. If he has to boast in himself, he's going to boast in his weakness. And listen, he's not just trying to be clever. In verse 31, he says, God knows I'm not lying. He really wants to boast in his weakness. And doesn't that just seem crazy? You know, there's these videos that I keep seeing online of this family that's got four boys and just how perfect their life is. Maybe you've seen them. I've got four boys, my wife and I do. And so these videos kind of pique my interest. Okay. And so here's how these videos go. It's like, here's how we get up at 4 a.m. and work out for two hours and get ready for our perfect day. Here's how we eat all of our perfectly healthy meals and how successful and good our boys are at school and at sports. And here's how we put the boys to bed and spend time talking and planning our perfect lives together every night. Listen, if Jeannie and I made some videos like this, here's how it would go sometimes. (laughs) Here's how we woke up late and had to rush to get everybody ready and out the door in the morning. Here's how we burnt the chicken dinner and had to go through the drive-thru at McDonald's for a greasy meal in the van. Here's how we lost our temper and yelled at the boys. Here's how we finally got the boys to bed and spend the rest of the night on the couch watching TV, eating chips and (laughs) M&M's. It seems crazy to boast in our struggles, right? To boast in our failures. Why would we boast in our weakness? Why would we do that? Why would Paul do that? Why does God want us to do that? Well, later in chapter 12, if you have a Bible, look down at verse 9. He says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul is happy to boast in his weakness So that the power of Jesus might rest upon him. Paul isn't trying to show us how great he is or how successful he is. He's not even trying to say, Look, how awesome I am that I endured all of this suffering. He's saying, No, I am weak. And I'm weak so that Christ might be strong. Don't we live in a world that tells us we have to be strong? You have to be successful. You have to have all the answers. You have to have it all together. Don't we even hear this in church sometimes? Your faith has to be strong. You have to have courage as a Christian. You've got to be radical in your devotion. You've got to be doing all the right things in all the right ways, and you have to look good doing it. But what happens when we can't do those things? Well, often we fake it, don't we? If you're married, I know that there's been at least one time that you spent the whole ride to community group arguing with your spouse. And then you walked in, with a smile on your face, hugging everybody, acting like everything is just okay. I know you've done it because I've done it. And so we walk in and what do we do? We hide our sins from our brothers and sisters. We don't let anybody know the doubts and the fears that we have. We just keep our struggles to ourselves. And so we put on a smile and we act like following Jesus is just so easy and life is just so blessed. We want to look anything but weak. Beloved, that is the way of the world. It's not the way of Jesus. Look back at verse 24. Paul says, Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Paul has talked about being whipped for preaching the gospel of Jesus. You see, the law of Moses gave the Jews the authority to punish people for certain crimes. And it says in Deuteronomy, that you should strike someone no more than 40 times if you're punishing them. So the Jews adopted this practice of lashing someone 39 times just to be safe. And so they most often did this for the crime of blasphemy, of speaking against God, of cursing God, of making someone equal to God. And so Paul shows up preaching that Jesus of Nazareth is God in the flesh. And they accuse him of blasphemy. And so on five occasions Paul was punished with these 39 lashes. They would have stripped off his outer clothes. They would have tied him to a post. They would have had a whip with three cords on it that had bones and rocks on the end. And on his chest and on his back, they would have struck him 13 times for the 39 lashes. All for proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. Why would he do that? I mean, is Jesus really worth 39 lashes? Is he really worth that five times? Maybe Paul really was crazy. Why would he do this? Paul is willing to bear the weakness of suffering because Jesus did it first. There's no one more worthy of blessing and honor and glory and power than Jesus. But Christ was willing to bear the suffering to save us. You see, Jesus knew the pain of these lashes, too. Just moments after he was condemned to death, Jesus was taken by the Roman soldiers. They stripped him of his outer clothes. They tied him to a post. And they whipped his chest and his back. And the flesh was torn from his body. You see, in weakness, there on the ground, our Savior bore the stripes That would save us, the wounds that would heal us, the lashes that would bring us everlasting life. Paul is willing to suffer for Jesus because Jesus suffered for him, and he did it to save him. Jesus was whipped and he was beaten, he was pierced and he was crucified. And he did it to save us from our sins. The cross that we wear around our neck and have tattooed on our arms is not a symbol of strength or success. It's a symbol of suffering and surrender. It's a reminder that our Lord Jesus laid down his life in weakness so that we might know the power of his love. And so if Jesus can be weak, then Paul can be weak. And we can be weak. And we can even boast in our weakness. Now, I'm not saying we should just sin all the time. I'm not saying we should be okay with disobedience in our life. I'm not saying we should try to be bad parents or be lazy at work. I'm not saying that. But the call to follow Jesus is a call to weakness, to carry a cross, to deny yourself and to come to him and to die. But why would we want to do that? Because Jesus did it for us first. The Christian life is not about victory and triumph and success. It's about surrendering to Jesus. It's not about success. It's about suffering for the sake of Jesus. It's not about winning. It's about embracing our weakness. It's about even boasting in our weakness so that the power of Jesus might rest upon us. Maybe you're here and you don't know the power of Jesus' love today. Maybe in your pride you think you're good enough or That God surely loves you enough or you've done enough in your life to please him. I was there before I became a Christian. But friend, you're not good enough. You cannot pay for all the ways that you have rebelled against God. You're not strong enough to save yourself. You need a savior. You need Jesus. And if you would repent and believe in Jesus today, you can be saved. He lived the life that you should have lived. He died the death that you deserve. And he rose again to prove the power of his love for us. And so, friend, if you would surrender to Jesus today, he is strong and kind and he will save everyone who comes to him. Listen, Jesus will only receive those who come to him weak. And everyone who comes to him like that, Jesus will save. So, why not do that today? Why not come to Christ today for the first time and be saved? You see, that's why we embrace our weakness, that's why we boast in our weakness. Now, I want us to use the rest of our time to think through four ways that we can boast in our weakness. I mean, what does that even mean? We're boasting in our weakness. What should that look like in our lives? Here's a few thoughts. Number one, give up on winning. If your greatest goal in life is winning, it's going to be hard for you to boast in your weakness. Now, not all winning is bad. I like winning when I play games with our family. I like when my boys win their basketball games. I like watching the Braves win a baseball game. But what I'm talking about is winning in life. When we want to win every argument with our spouse, when we want to win every struggle with our kids, when we want to win every disagreement in the church, or when we want to win everyone's approval of us, when winning is the goal, there's no room for weakness. But listen, Paul doesn't care about winning. He's not like, oh man, these super apostles are taking my turf and they're winning right now, but I got to beat them somehow. He doesn't care about that. He cares about this church's love for Jesus. We saw that last week at the beginning of chapter 11. You see, it's not about being right or getting our way. It's not about being the best or the most successful in life. It's not even about us. It's all about Jesus. And so if we want to know the power of Jesus, we must boast in our weakness. And to do that, we must give up on winning. Number two, another way, stop comparing. Stop comparing. Nothing will make you hide your weakness more than comparing yourself to other people. It can be so easy to look at people and to see the ways that they are great. In all the ways that we are not. But listen, we don't always see people at their worst. Not many people walk up to you and introduce themselves to you, and list all of their failures in life, or tell you all of their most deepest, darkest secrets. And really, to be honest, it doesn't even matter because you are not them. Don't compare yourself to others because God didn't make you them. God made you, you. So don't be insecure about the way that you look. God made you and he loves you. Don't be ashamed of your failures in life. Jesus forgives you and he can restore you. Don't be jealous of what other people have. You have everything you need in Jesus. Paul cares nothing about comparing himself to these super apostles. He cares about Jesus and the church. Paul is content with his weakness because he is content in Jesus. And so if we want to know the power of Jesus, we must boast in our weakness. And to do that, we must stop comparing. Stop comparing. Number three, embrace suffering. You know, there's some people in this church saying that Paul suffers too much. He is an apostle of Jesus Christ. The man is just in trouble too much, suffers too much. The brother is shipwrecked all the time. What is going on with this guy? I mean, just look at this list. People are saying, if a a truly faithful servant of God surely would not suffer this much in his life. Something has to be wrong with the Apostle Paul. And those same kind of people are in churches today, too. They say this wouldn't have happened if you really loved God. They say if you had enough faith, you wouldn't have this kind of suffering in your life. They say you should have prayed more or gave more money or served more. Listen, there's nothing less healthy and wealthy than a cross. And yet Jesus embraced death on a cross for us. And so we should embrace our suffering for him too. Suffering for Jesus is not the proof that you're doing something wrong in your life. It's the evidence that the gospel is true and Jesus is worth it. And so, brothers and sisters, we must embrace suffering. And not because it's easy, but because Jesus is worth it. If we want to know the power of Jesus, we must boast in our weakness. And to do that, we must embrace suffering. Lastly, number four. Rejoice in Jesus. So maybe you're not convinced. Maybe you're thinking, am I really supposed to boast in my weakness? Yeah, I just don't see it. Maybe it sounds great in a sermon on Sunday morning at church. But can anybody really live like this? Are we actually supposed to believe that you all, the people in this room... Are actually going to walk out of here this week and start boasting in your weaknesses? Do we really believe that? Maybe you're not convinced, but Paul was certainly convinced. Paul was 100% convinced that boasting in his weakness is the way to go. And listen, he is convinced. Why? Because he is happy in Jesus. Remember what he said down in chapter 12, verse 9? I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul is happy to boast in his weakness because he's happy in Jesus. He is so happy in Jesus that he doesn't care if he looks weak, he doesn't care if he looks unsuccessful. He doesn't care whatever these people are saying against him. Paul knows that any accomplishment that he has is garbage compared to the treasure of knowing Christ. Listen, when our happiness is in how good we are, or how successful we are, or how strong we are, or how liked by other people we are, Listen, if our happiness is in those things, there's no room for happiness in Jesus. But if our joy is in Jesus, then we don't have to measure up to anyone or anything. We can rejoice in Jesus. And when we rejoice in Jesus, we don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend We don't have to be ashamed. Listen, you don't have to be afraid that someone will see the real you. Jesus sees the real you and he loves you. You don't have to strive endlessly to make something of yourself. Jesus did the work on the cross and he's making something of you. You don't have to be strong. Jesus is strong enough, and his power is made perfect through our weakness. Brothers and sisters, God is calling us to boast in our weakness. So let's look to Jesus together, and let's boast in our weakness as we rejoice in Christ.